This is ESPN Radio. I'm so ready for the regular season in college. I am so ready for the regular season in the NFL. At least we're getting some preseason action again tonight. Plenty of preseason action again tonight. Amber Wilson, Ian Fitzsimmons. You can watch us on ESPNU. You can listen to us, of course, on ESPN Radio. ESPN Radio is presented to you by Progressive Insurance. Let's bring in some help for all things football. Jim Nagy, Executive Director of the Reese's Senior Bowl, and of course, four-time Super Bowl champion. Jim, thanks so much for joining us this morning. Let's talk about the quarterback position, some of these first-year starters, these rooks across the league. What is the rookie quarterback that you're most excited to watch this NFL season? Oh, Amber, Ian, good morning. Um, Geez, the rookie class. I'm excited about some of the second-year guys. I heard you talking about Sam Howell. I'm I'm excited to see him. Uh, I'm excited to see Desmond Ritter. Um, But with this rookie class, I mean – there's so many of them that, that are getting a chance, um, and it's going to be exciting to see. So in terms of, like, who's most – probably Bryce Young. I mean, I, I, I'm probably most excited to see Bryce Young. I don't know if we've had a rookie quarterback that's set up to succeed as much as Bryce Young when you look at what's around Bryce. Um, they have a good defense in Carolina, but when you look at just the infrastructure of quarterback, uh, you know, people that are, that are around him, the head coach, Jim Caldwell, uh, Josh McCowan. I mean, there's just – Price is set up for a good year, so we'll, we'll see what happens. But but a lot of these rookies are uh, going to be exciting. I'm excited to see all of them. What about the second year guys? You, you went there first. So what? What? Go back to your scouting days. What are you looking for when it comes to development from a rookie quarterback like this? Stay with a Desmond Ritter or a Sam Howell to what you're expecting to see from them this year. Well, Ian, I think it's just it's their team now, right? I think Desmond Ritter had like a, a month long audition in Atlanta, and it and it went pretty well. They didn't ask a lot of him, but but he certainly didn't do anything to to make the Falcons think he couldn't be the guy, and that's why he's going into the year as the starter. And now it's his football team. And same thing with Sam Howell. Uh, you know, Sam played well in that one, literally one game, uh, but did enough to. Uh, to let them to give him the off season and uh, going into the season as the starter, so just just the comfort level. And uh, I think the biggest thing it's their football team now. They've had the off season to be the guy um, and kind of own, put ownership on the team. So um, yeah, you, you always it just the, the, they know the offense now. They know the, they know the they know the building. They know their teammates um, and just all those things combined. You should you should you should make that big jump. Jim Nagy, four-time Super Bowl champ, executive director of the Reese's Senior Bowl, joining us here on ESPNU and on ESPN Radio. So, Jim, we always talk quarterbacks first, right? But let's talk about the other positions. Who, outside (laughs) of the quarterback position, are you most excited to watch as we head into this NFL season? Well, you know, this year's rookie class, it was a good draft. Let's face it, this this year's draft was a really good draft. Bijan Robinson probably just staying staying on the Atlanta Falcons football team. I mean that guy. Um, you'd heard Bijan's name for a long, long time, and I hadn't. I didn't really scout Bijan a ton for the Senior Bowl. He wasn't eligible to play in our game as a junior player. Um, but when I got into it after our after our game was over, I've, I've got a couple of months to sit around um, and I watch Bijan's tape, and he he's a special player. Um, there's a reason why he went in the top ten as a running back. And there's a reason why fantasy owners are all over all over B. John Robinson. Um, so no, I think I think probably I'm most excited to see him and what that looks like in Atlanta. You know, I said that division is so wide open with Carolina, New Orleans, Tampa, Atlanta. Um, you could make a case any of those teams could win it, and any of those teams could finish fourth. Um, but but it, 
but I'm probably most excited of all the rookie players just just to see what that looks like because I do think he has a chance to be a special NFL player. Well, when we worked the draft with you, uh, it was a privilege to, to have you with us. I've never seen a human get more excited about day three of the NFL draft than Jim Nagy. <laughs> uh, this is where the guts of your team is built. So are there are a couple steals in this draft that you saw at the Senior Bowl that NFL, uh, NFL, NFL team or fan base might be really excited by the end of the year looking at what they got maybe later in the draft as a sleeper-type pick? Yeah, Ian, this is the fun time of year for, for me is I, I get to call around to my friends around the league, and, and, and the one question I ask is, you know, what rookie is showing that he should have been drafted much higher than where you got him? Um, and I would say a couple linebackers that really stick out. Uh, the Houston Texans, you talk to anyone in Houston, um, Henry Toto, the linebacker from Alabama, who I know, Ian, you saw play a lot of football um, during his time with the Tide and the Tennessee Volunteers. Uh, just a you know highly instinctive guy. The question with him coming out last year in the draft was how fast is he? Like everyone knew that Henry Toto is very instinctive player, probably the most instinctive linebacker in last year's draft. And then he ran a four six two. So I thought, okay, this guy's not getting out of the third round, and he ends up going in the fifth round. And you talk to the people in Houston, he's got a really good chance of starting for them as a rookie. And then stick with the team that played last night as well, the, the Minnesota Vikings. Um, they have a linebacker, Ivan Pace Jr. from Cincinnati, who went undrafted, right, undrafted, and, and talking to people in Minnesota, he's got a chance to start, not just make the team as an undrafted rookie, has a chance to start as a rookie. Um, and he was, our, he was one of our players of the game in the Senior Bowl last year. He was the, uh, the national team uh, most outstanding player. So um, you get an undrafted rookie that has a chance to start both those guys. I, I, would, I would start with both those two. Um, could be impact players as rookies, and they went in the fifth round and undrafted, respectively. Jim Nagy, executive director of the Reese's Senior Bowl and four-time Super Bowl jam, joining Amber Wilson and Ian Fitzsimmons here on ESPNU and on ESPN Radio. Jim, you spent a couple decades as an NFL scout. Tell me, it's obvious from the outside looking in that, of course, if you're a scout, you're looking at, you know, um, a ski, speed, skill, you know, these things that we see actually play out on the field. What are the more intangible things that maybe we wouldn't consider if we're on the outside and don't know much about how the scouting things work that you were looking at in evaluating these guys? I would say the biggest determining factor, whether guys make it at the next level or not, is is the mental part, is, is the football intelligence. And that's what really, when you, when you talk to teams, that's what they're really trying to drill down on through the whole pre-draft process, right? You've, you've only got, you've essentially got, February, March, and April to figure out how smart these guys are because they're all physically gifted. Uh, they're all talented physically. Um, and who has the acumen? Who can learn it? And who, who puts in the time? Like, frankly, who, who loves it enough that they're going to put in time, you know, to learn an offense and learn a defense? And, and we're coming off the, the Johnny Manziel documentary uh, where he watched zero hours of, of tape on his, on his iPad um, and we've all we've we've all watched that documentary over the past couple of weeks. Um, it, it's it's the, it's the mental part. That's what it is, and that's what separates guys to the next level. The guys that can learn it and want to put the time in to learn it. We already know you're watching tape and getting ready for this upcoming season on the College Gridiron, which will be here before we know it. We're what 15 days away from Week Zero, September 2nd, the first big weekend. We'll be here, you know, in a nanosecond. Who are a couple quarterbacks, starting with Caleb Williams out of USC, your reigning Heisman Trophy winner, 
that if you're if your team needs a quarterback, you're looking for one, a couple of guys starting with Williams that you have your eye on and what makes them and maybe separates them from everybody else. Well, Ian, I think we have to figure out what we're calling the Caleb Williams thing. You know, we, we tanked for Tua a few years ago. I don't know what we're doing for Caleb Williams, but uh, he certainly is the guy. That, Canning that, for Caleb? Gonna, I mean, I don't know, right? Yeah, there you go. There you go. Uh, he, he's certainly the guy that, that's going to go one. Uh, Drake May at North Carolina is, is probably going to go two. I mean, I had multiple NFL scouts call me last year as they were leaving practice at, at, uh, in Chapel Hill about, about Drake May. So um, I think right now it's kind of the battle for number three. Uh, right now for us, in terms of the senior class, we've got Bo Nix at Oregon. And Jaden Daniels from LSU is kind of our, our top two seniors going into the fall. Um, but think about think about week one, how great college football is. Week one, um, I'm here in Nashville, and I was meeting up with some uh, your boy Stanford Steve. He's going to be at uh, part of game day. I think they announced that yesterday. And, and they're going to be at the North Carolina-South Carolina game week one. So you've got Drake May versus Spencer Rattler at South Carolina. Um, and I know some NFL scouts that are going to that game on Saturday. Then they're going to LSU Florida State for Jaden Daniels and Jordan Travis on Sunday. And then they're jumping back on a plane and going up back up to North Carolina to see uh, Riley Leonard and uh, Klubnik from from Clemson. So they're in in three days. They're seeing six six quarterbacks that could be could be high high round picks. So that's that's it's going to be such a fun college football season. I'm I'm so excited. It's finally here. So you're so excited. It's kind of crazy right now, Jim, in college football. Some quick thoughts on conference realignment. Oh, geez, where do we where do we start with that, right? Um, I mean, is, is it going to be is it going to be talk- is it going to be okay? Do you think for college football, or is the sky falling here? I, you know, Amber, I, I would say this: I, I don't like the fact that some of these old time rivalries, you know, might be might be pulled apart. Um, you know, even you know, back to my my last job with the Seahawks, um, I really got into that Apple Cup rivalry up in up in Washington with Washington Washington State. And then you've got the Civil War with Oregon, Oregon State. I mean, there's there's so many great college football rivalries, and and we don't know what all this realignment is going to do to that. So um, I'm I'm kind of a traditionalist. I understand where we're going with college football right now, but um, I just hope the regional rivalries don't go away because you're used to seeing those helmets on the same field at the same time. Um, again, I, I I don't know where we're going, but I hope I hope we can stick with uh, those 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 regional rivalries. We're just thrilled you were able to make it here, Jim, because we woke up and you sent us a picture of you and Stanford, Steve. I think the timestamp was 1136. So good (laughs) job getting up, man, because that guy can run hard. Good job out of you. <laughs> Thanks, Lee. And we uh, we answered the bell this morning. <laughs> <laughs> well, they, well, thank you for uh, for the lack of sleep, but uh, making sure you make it on on here with us, Jim Nagy, Executive Director, Reese's Senior Bowl, four time Super Bowl champ. Thanks, Jim. Here you go. Amber Wills, he gone. He well, I mean, he has to get back to bed, right? I mean, he's got to go back to sleep. He's been all out all night with Stanford Steve. His night, his, his knowledge is absolutely immense. And when you when you're a part of four Super Bowl teams, played yeah. had was a uh, lead scout in six. The two he lost in the last play of the game, Patriots to the Giants, Eli to Tyree, and then uh, and then uh, Marshawn Lynch not getting the ball on the goal line. So you, it, it could have been he's two plays away from six rings. But when it comes to scouting and the young players in the league right now uh, and also getting ready for uh, the upcoming draft in 24 and watching the, the best players in college football. That guy's knowledge is about as, as, as deep and 
it's just it, it's amazing. It really is. He he knows dudes that are at at schools I didn't even know existed that might get drafted. I didn't know Lenore Ryan even was on the was a, was an institution until the Senior Bowl a few years ago, and now they've had multiple players drafted to that to the National Football League. Yeah, he certainly knows talent. A couple decades there, almost as an NFL scout under Bill Belichick and Pete Carroll. Coming up next year on ESPNU and on ESPN Radio, our two days continues. We will talk about the San Francisco 49ers. Is Brock Purdy really the answer? Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, Who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. This is ESPN Radio. Hey, let's go do our job, man. NFL Nation 2 a day. Time is here. On ESPN Radio, the San Francisco 49ers. Blue 58, go. This is Nick Wagner covering the 49ers. No surprises in San Francisco as quarterbacks will once again dominate the headlines for the 49ers as they open training camp. Presumptive starter Brock Purdy is still working his way back from offseason elbow surgery. And though there's optimism he will be cleared at some point in camp, it remains to be seen when that will happen. In the meantime, Trey Lance and Sam Darnold will both get work with the starters as they jockey for position on a depth chart that needs clarity heading toward the September 10th opener against Pittsburgh. Countdown to kickoff with NFL Nation 2 days on ESPN Radio. The San Francisco 49ers, they were dominant last season despite how that season ended. At one point last season, Ian, they rattled off 10 consecutive wins, and only a few of those were by one score or less. They were dominating opponents all season long, and then the postseason came, and they found themselves in a situation in a conference championship without a quarterback. <laughs> I mean, they went through every single quarterback on that roster and lost them all to injury. Jimmy Garoppolo will not be one of those quarterbacks on that San Francisco roster anymore. Brock Purdy expected to be the starter. He's been clear, but he's coming back from a pitcher's injury in baseball. He's coming back from that elbow injury. You still have Trey Lance there, even though we haven't seen much of him in the NFL. And now you have Sam Darnold as well. For me, the 49ers, it once again comes down to the health of the quarterback position. And Brock Purdy said yesterday his arm feels great. I wasn't expecting him to say anything else, but film also does not lie. And by all accounts, coming out of Niners camp, he looks he looks good. You know, and he still has another month to get even stronger and strengthen that arm and everything else that that comes along with it. Because it's not just the elbow; it's you know everything kind of has to go in sync, especially as a quarterback. I'm expecting Brock Purdy to pick right up where he left off last year. But it's not just about the quarterback with San Francisco. Kyle Shanahan has, has done a, just a spectacular job, an almost hypnotic job as to how he, no matter who's playing quarterback for him, 
they find ways to win. They find ways to be productive. Yeah, whether it's whether it is Trey Lance, whether it is Brock Purdy, whether it is Jimmy G, they find ways to win games. So I'm expecting Brock Purdy to pick right up where he left off last year, helping that team get to the NFC Championship game. But I had one of their games late in the season last year, and that defense reminds me of what the attitude they play with of that Legion of Boom Seattle team. I had Seattle and the Giants in New York, in New York when they went on to win that's their their Super Bowl with Pete Carroll, Russell Wilson, and that squad, and it was all about that defense with Bobby Wagner and company. They were they were just different in Bruce Irvin. And that Giants game in Week 15, Amber, the Giants had not crossed the 50 yard line. A young quality control coach came up to Bruce Irvin and told him, you know, they haven't crossed the 50. Irvin calls a defense together and goes, "New goal, they don't cross the 50." I'm going, oh. My God, Magnum, these guys don't want to beat you. They want to embarrass you. Mm -hmm. And they were furious when Eli Manning and the Giants finally crossed the 50. They came off, they're like, can't, they end up punting. They're like, I can't believe they crossed it. They were furious. That's the attitude they had. San Francisco has a very similar attitude with Dre Greenlaw, Fred Warner, 54, maybe one of the most underrated players and the entire league. He had, what, like 135 tackles last year, picking off passes, forcing fumbles. He does everything. On the back end, you got Ward, Gibson, Lenore, I mean, you know, Hufanga. They are stout at every single level. So as much as we want to talk about Brock Purdy, Trey Lance, what can Kyle Shanahan do with Sam Darnold? Uh, to me, Sam Fran's identity is on the defensive side of the ball. That's what makes this team tick, and they are naughty. They are locked and loaded on both sides of the ball in terms of the talent on the roster. Defensively, you're right. Absolutely monsters there all over the the defense. However, D'Amico Ryans, he's not there anymore. So does that matter? I mean, Wilkes, obviously a good DC in his own right. Great hire. There will be some changes. I mean, Wilkes is now obviously adjusting a crash course here of the 49ers and how they do things. A lot of those names that you just mentioned defensively, you're talking about true vets, like vet vets. And that's going to help, I would imagine, this transition at DC. So Wilkes does, I agree. It seems like a very good hire there. But D'Amico Ryan was great at what he did. And D'Amico Ryans, the 49ers, traditionally, you're talking about a lot of cover three zone coverages, whereas Wilkes in his career has been really all about man. So there may be some transition here defensively. I'm just sort of trying to play devil's advocate and make an argument for what could matter. We were talking about the change in D.C. Down, like Vic Fangio, you said you think is one of the most underrated changes of the offseason in Miami. There is a big change at coordinator there in San Francisco as well. And I don't expect it to make a huge difference, but theoretically it could. I think Wilksy is, is, is a phenomenal defensive coordinator. I think it was, a, it was a tremendous hire by Kyle Shanahan. And I don't think that defense is going to miss a beat. We didn't even mention Nick Bosa because he, you know, he, he's obviously not there and wants a contract extension. Uh, but, and you look at that side of the ball, it's, it's as good as any team in the national football league. And then you go to running back if McCaffrey, which again, it, it's, has been part of his career. This, this is part of his narrative. He's got to stay healthy. But if he's not, you also have Elijah Mitchell behind him. So it's a deep team. All starts with the quarterback. But the, the character, the culture, the attitude of this team is on the defensive side of the ball. That's what makes this squad uh, click. And I expect Wilkes to pick right up where D'Amico Ryan's left off.
Christian McCaffrey has to stay healthy at the running back position. You don't want him out there throwing passes because he's not a quarterback. And that's the situation that the 49ers found themselves in last postseason. So you're right. This comes down to the health of the quarterback. You said you don't expect Brock Purdy to take any sort of setback. You think he's going to start right where he left off. Well, where he left off, we saw him in nine games last season. I think he got the start in seven of those. 13 touchdowns, four interceptions, a heck of a season, a very surprising season for the 262nd overall pick out of the 2022 draft, a seventh round find for the San Francisco 49ers. When you find the guy in the seventh round as Mr. Irrelevant, as the last pick in the draft, it eases the pain maybe of those assets you traded away in order to trade up and get Trey Lance, who appears to be a quarterback that's not panning out there. But we don't really know because we haven't seen. Yeah, we haven't seen any Trey Lance. If things work out with Brock Purdy, I'm not sure Trey Lance is ever getting that opportunity. But the thing is with Trey, the reason we haven't seen him is also he's got the injury concerns. So they bring in Sam Darnold as well. And what's funny about that quarterback's room, Ian, is I could see Sam Darnold even taking over the helm at some point and looking good in Kyle Shanahan's system. That's how much you believe in what Kyle Shanahan can do with any of these pieces at quarterback. If there's one guy out there right now that can fix Sam Darnold and make him look like the player we saw at USC that we expected to see in New York, that I expected to see in Carolina, it's probably Kyle Shanahan. Again, look at every every quarterback he's had that has come in and started for him has performed well at an extraordinarily high level. So if somebody can fix Sam Darnold and turn him into an asset that you can ship off to another team, well, look, he's fixed, and maybe get some 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 assets, some draft picks for him, it's Kyle Shanahan. Trey Lance is one of those guys, too. You know, they, you want to showcase Trey Lance right now and Sam Darnold because you might be able, to your point, to get something back for him because I believe Brock Purdy is the guy right now. He's not shown anything so far. Even when they got a book on him after he started seven games, he still looked great, completing around 70% of his passes. So even when he showed some tendencies, he was coachable and able to not do them again. That That was the most remarkable part for me, especially as a rookie quarterback. So... You know, do you showcase Trey Lance? Do you showcase Sam Darnold in the preseason? Absolutely you do to try and get some value for him from a team who at some point this year is going to need a quarterback. And that's assuming that Brock Purdy is your starter and looks like he did at the end before that elbow injury last season. Brock Purdy, he was certainly in the zone last year. Get in the zone is brought to you by AutoZone. Get in the zone, AutoZone. Coming up next here on ESPNU and on ESPN Radio, just how good can the Cowboys defense be this season? Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S dot com.
For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This is ESPN Radio. The NFL lives here. Amber Wilson and Ian Fitzsimmons. We live here as well. ESPN Radio is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Tons of preseason action tonight. Steelers, Bucks, Falcons, Dolphins, Packers, Bengals, Giants, Lions, Commanders, Browns, and Broncos, Cardinals. So lots of football to chew on tonight. We love ourselves some football around here. Ian Fitzsimmons, he's an excellent co-host. He loves to do all the heavy lifting around here, and I appreciate him very much for doing so. So yesterday, he got a chance to speak to Cowboys linebacker Damone Clark. Here is Ian's interview with Damone. Damone, let's just start with this time last year compared to where you are right now. For people who don't know your story, describe what you were going through coming out of LSU where you wore that story number 18 to where you are right now. Oh, man, coming out of uh, LSU, obviously, you know, winning number 18, just knowing what number 18 meant. Um, Having a a really, really, really good senior year, you know, uh, arguably putting myself as, in my opinion, I was the best linebacker. Uh, my senior year, you know, obviously I didn't win the buckets, but you know, that's another story for another day. <laughs> but yeah, man, I was, I was just, um, you know, I, I put myself in position, you know, to, to fulfill my dream that I wanted to do. But obviously, finding out at the combine that I had to have a uh, surgery for a herniated disc, you know, that, that knocked me off my, uh, that knocked me off my, off the road. But I'm back on it now. I, I'm still. You know, blessed to be in the position that I'm in. Like you said, around this time last year, I was doing rehab. You know, I wasn't able to participate in training camp. But this year is a different story. You know, I was able to come back, contribute to the team last year, and this year I look to do do that plus more. Man, Damone and Damone Clark, linebacker, Dallas Cowboys, joining us here on ESPN Radio, ESPN2. When, when we sat down with you last year, as you were, I think it was maybe week three, week four, and you told me, I'm playing this year. I was stunned. I was absolutely shocked. You saw the look on my face, like, you're going to play this year? Mm-hmm. And you did. I think you played in five, six games, uh, and you kind of got your you got your feet back underneath you. What did that experience coming off that neck surgery, that herniated disc, help you just getting back on the field, knowing you can take a hit, you can deliver a hit coming into this year where they're expecting big things from you for the Dallas Cowboys? Man, nothing, nothing but God, man. I'm, I'm not able to do anything if, it's, if God's not involved in it. You know, I'm, a, I'm a firm believer in God. You know, and I talk to God daily. Um, you know, and just going through my rehab process, you know, God will communicate with me throughout the day. I got you. You know, I got you. He just kept telling me that, you know, and that's why I told him. I know I'm going to play this year. I don't know when, but I knew I was going to play, you know, and I was, I'm just thankful, so thankful for the Cowboys, for our medical team, the trainers and stuff, man, for, you know, when I'm doing my rehab process, pushing me in my rehab, pushing me as well as myself, pushing myself, having guys like Leighton push me, you know, those, just small stuff like that, man. All that contributed to me just coming to work every day, just you know, doing controlling the things that I can control, and that was me coming, uh, going to work every day, and just doing what I had to do. Was there ever a time that you didn't think you were going to play football again? No, I never even thought about that. Like honestly, I knew it was just a minor setback. You know, it was a minor setback for me. Obviously, that was my first surgery, so I didn't. I knew I was going to play football. I didn't know how long I was going to be out, but I knew I was going to play football again. 
you know, just having my surgery. He was telling me, um, telling me that it was guys, you know, that had surgery, the same surgery that I had. You know, and it was like, man, those guys back on the field playing. Looking at a guy like Leighton. Leighton had a very similar surgery to what I had. Leighton back out playing on a really high level. So I was like, you know, if Leighton can do it, I can do it. If anybody can do it, I know I can too. Yeah, Leighton Vanderesh, the Wolf Hunter, had that, you know, a very similar one just a couple of years ago. How much did you lean on him, your fellow linebacker, to help get, get you to where you are right now as a starter for the Dallas Cowboys with high expectations? Not just his team, but especially that defense. I mean, he was a guy that used to come on to my rehab uh my rehab with me. So he used to tell me, you know, obviously stay ready, um, stay locked in on the film and stuff and everything else is gonna take care of itself. So he was a he was a huge piece to that because he used to tell me, okay, this is step one right here. Now you got step two and three. This is what you're going to be doing for step two and three. You know, he used to take out his time early in the morning, come and sit in my rehab session with me, and I'm just so grateful for him because that's a guy that I worked out with this past offseason too. You know, just continue to pick his brain, see how he take care of his body. Small things like that contribute to, you know, me being where I'm at today. Damone Clark, linebacker, rocket number 33. Remember that name, remember that number for the Dallas Cowboys here with us on ESPN Radio, ESPN2. Let's get to this defense. High expectations. Micah Parsons, you, the Wolf Hunter, Van Der Esch, Lawrence, Diggs, Gilmore, Curse. I mean, it, it's, it, this is loaded with talent. You're out there every single day. Describe what you see in the guys lining up next to you on the defensive side of the ball. The wheel. Guys just flying, flying, you know, causing havoc for the offense. You know, so I know I see it every day at practice. So I can only, you know, I, I can only imagine what's going to happen when the season gets around. You know, those guys holding us, holding everyone to a standard, them guys holding themselves to a certain standard. You know, we're just going out there and do what we love to do, compete, just get each other better and challenge each other, you know, making best. Like, oh, I, I bet you won't beat me to the ball. I bet you won't do this, and I bet you won't do that. So it's, it's a lot of fun. I mean, and I love that attitude. You, and we've all seen the, the clips of you guys jawing with the offense and Diggs jawing at Dak and Dak throwing the ball back at Diggs. A lot of people made a big deal of some of the things we've seen coming out of training camp. Take us behind the scenes for, for, and, and shut some people up. I mean, that's just part of camp to me. That's practice even at a major college level. Take people behind the scenes. What's the chemistry like with this team? Oh, man, if you think that was bad, I ain't seen, I didn't seen worse at, at LSU. <laughs> I didn't see Joe Burrow in the bottom of a pile getting, getting jumped. So that's nothing, man. It's, it's, it's all fun and game. At the end of the day, we're going to lock on. We're one big team. Man, every guy on this team, I respect for each other. But we're just going to have to compete. If you don't have a little trash talking in, you ain't doing something right. But obviously, people don't have their opinions and, you know, whatever it is that they you know that they do. But, man, we know we one team, man. You know, at the end of the day, we're going to go out there on Sundays and do what we have to do as one big team. It's, it's, it's nothing, nothing but love for each guy on this team. You were part of some great teams at LSU. You mentioned Joe Burrow on that 2019 National Championship team with Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson, and you're coming off a 10-win season, and there were high expectations there. How does a player of your caliber and, and, and your teammates manage the expectations of a Cowboys team that really – and I've said this, and I'm not going to say it behind your back. I'll say it to your face. I'll say it when I see you and when you're, when you, when you're back at the star. I want to see the Cowboys win when the stage is grandest and the light's brightest, meaning the playoffs. How do you get to that point? How do you manage the expectations? Do what we do best. We know our uh, play style. Play to our play style, go out there and just dominate. That's all we got to do. We got all the pieces we need. Everybody go out there do their 111, and we're going to be we're gonna, we're gonna be hosting the trophy. You can't talk about it. You can't talk about it. You got to just put the work in. You know, the, the cream always rises to the top. 
We've got a batch of red beans and rice that's coming your way when you get back to uh, to the Dallas Fort Worth area, Coach. Good, good to talk to you again, D. Clark. Uh, keep uh, that that yeah that pride of eighteen always on your shoulders. We know you will, and and, and continue success and stay healthy. Thanks for joining us here at ESPN. Thank you all for having. That was Ian Fitzsimmons with Demon Clark yesterday. What was your biggest takeaway? Obviously, very, very confident in his Cowboys this season, as he should be, as I would imagine anybody on that roster is. What was your biggest takeaway when you spoke to him? A couple of things. One, he's going to have a breakout year. And for people who don't know, Demon Clark uh, didn't really watch him at LSU when he wore that, that story at 18. And, and the number 18 at LSU is voted upon by coaches, the former number 18s, and it goes to a, a player it epitomizes high character, leadership, everything that you want in the ultimate teammate. It's a, it is the ultimate prize to be chosen to wear that number. He had it. He wore it, still embraces it. And I'm, I promise you, this dude is going to have a breakout season. Remember the name, Damone Clark. 33 will be sideline to sideline. He's a wrecking machine. That's number one. Number two is I cannot believe I did not follow up on who the hell was beating up Joe Burrow at the bottom of a pile in LSU training camp back in 2019 when they wanted to go undefeated and win the Natty. I'm a moron. I mean, mm-hmm. now cause I, I mean, I texted back going, who was it? He goes, not telling. But in the moment <laughs> right there, he would have answered the question. I guarantee it because he was so relaxed. I cannot believe I didn't follow that up. I'm an idiot. I apologize. Because we all wanted to know. We were just talking, listening to it going, who was it? Who was we'll beating behind a burrow on the bottom of a pile at LSU? Well, if we ever have Damone Clark on again with me and you, we have to keep that in mind. That question is the first question that we are asking the Cowboys linebacker. And he needs some got- red beans and rice. I made four pounds on Sunday. I got some frozen for him. When I see him, we got, we got to deliver the Louisiana if, guys some good red beans I and rice. If I ate red beans and rice, if I ate it, I would be hitting you up for some of that. But you know, Do you I like red beans red- and rice? I mean, of course. Like Popeye's red beans and rice? Woo! That's JV. Back, I mean, back when I used to eat carbs in college 20 uh, years ago. There we go. <laughs> Those Popeye's a biscuits Popeye's and red biscuit? beans and rice. Oh, my God. Oh, there's man. nothing better than a Popeye's biscuit. I still remember those things 20 years later. Coming up next here on ESPNU and ESPN Radio, maybe we'll get into condiments. Because speaking of food, we had a ketchup conversation earlier in the show. And also, we never revealed who on this show has never eaten Taco Bell. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This is ESPN Radio. We've had discussions, important ones, about the Bengals' O-line upgrades this offseason, right? Breaking down the 49ers' chances as part of our NFL two-a-days. We've talked a lot about a lot of things, but none more important than when we had the conversation about ketchup because we learned that in Ian Fitzsimmons' household, there are two types of ketchup, one in the pantry for his wife, who likes room temperature ketchup, because apparently that's a thing you can keep in a pantry, which I learned here today, and the other one in the refrigerator for Ian and his daughters, because they prefer a colder ketchup. So it got us into an entire condiments conversation and food conversation. Amber Wilson and Ian Fitzsimmons here with you on ESPNU and on ESPN Radio. Find him at Ian Fitz ESPN. You can find me as well at Amber W Sports. So let's start with condiments real quick before I get to Pat Costello because there's something we need to reveal to the nation about him. But 
In terms Which is of condiments, scary, by the way, top condiments. What are your top? Co- what's your Mount Rushmore of condiments? Well, first of all, we got into the, the whole ketchup thing because my wife, as you mentioned, is does not like cold ketchup, and I learned that early on when we were dating, and I went to you know visiting her. From, I was in Columbus, Ohio. She's living here in Dallas, Texas at the time, and a long distance relationship. I go in, in her fridge, look for the ketchup, and it's not in the fridge. Like, where do you, where's your ketchup? Well, it's right there in the pantry. Well, what? But I knew that was a battle that you don't fight, right? That's, that's not one worth in, in marriage to, uh, you know, to go ahead and, and go and fight that battle. So it's always been in the pantry until last night uh, because Heinz a few weeks ago said ketchup belongs in the fridge, not in the pantry. Now we have two bottles of ketchup here in the Fitzsimmons household, as you mentioned. So that goes back to last night with a to-go order from good old Liberty Burger. But my favorite condiment mm-hmm. out there by far Bar none is a very specific barbecue sauce. Saws Barbecue in Birmingham, Alabama. By far, to me, bar none, the best barbecue sauce that I've ever had. Their their dry rub and sauce on a chicken thigh, slow smoked on the big green egg over mesquite or applewood, is to die for. My kids will just eat it like dessert, cold, right out of the fridge, just go in and peel off a couple pieces of chicken. Sauce barbecue sauce, by far, is my national champion right now when it comes to condiments. Uh, that's interesting. Barbecue sauce would not be on Amber Wilson, who just went full third person, on Amber Wilson's top five list of condiments or on her Mount Rushmore of condiments. Like, I don't think barbecue sauce would make the list for me. Actually, ketchup wouldn't make the list for me either when I started thinking about what are my favorite condiments in life. And I realized that I like spice because hot sauce is going to be at the top of the list. And So is Tabasco it, allowed in this conversation? No, Tabasco. And I was just going to say, and that, ain't, that does not mean Tabasco, people. Okay? I need a real hot sauce on the top of that list. There are several. I'm not going to say like I have one. You know, like there's a lot of hot sauces out there that I really like. I do not like Tabasco. Anything but Tabasco. When I go oh. Go to a restaurant. When I go to a restaurant, it's like Tabasco, and that's all we have. I mean, Tabasco or Cholula. I'm going for Cholula. If it's Tabasco in Louisiana, I'm going for Louisiana. Like the Louisiana, I like Crystal. I like yeah, yeah, all the Louisiana ones. Yes, but Tabasco is is. I'm a boot boy. I'm from Folsom, Louisiana. I I grew up on Thurman Horse Farm. I will eat it if it's the only option. Like I will go Tabasco before I go no hot sauce. Don't get me wrong. It's just to me, it's like least of the of my favorite hot sauces. When I'm when I'm cooking a vat of red beans and rice, I will put damn near an entire bottle of tabasco in that thing see i'm putting see this is the problem we're putting hot sauce on different things you're putting hot sauce on red beans and rice i'm putting hot sauce on a egg white omelet with feta and spinach okay that's what i'm putting my hot sauce on chicken you name it i'll put it on a turkey sandwich i'm with you But I, didn't, I mean, I, to me, Tabasco is not really a condiment. I don't know why. I don't, I don't put it in the mayo, mustard, barbecue sauce, ketchup genre. I think it's more over there with the Lee and Perrins and a Worcestershire. What about, well, see, that's interesting that you say that because then it's, it does, it connotes the question, what actually is a condiment? I would have salsa on my list. Are we considering that part of the condiment Hell conversation? Hell no. That's okay, in the Pico, so that's in the Pico family. That, that's, we have an entire Pico family here well, yeah, that we need that, to dive into? Like, what about, put it this way. When you're going and looking for salsa, uh-huh. is it next to the ketchup, mustard, and mayo? I guess not. There you go. Not a condiment. What about sriracha? That's in the Tabasco family. I love myself some sriracha yeah, sauce. I'm in, I'm in on that. Absolutely. So that could be it. Aioli. Aioli, I think, would be on my, on my list if I was Zataran going to Zataran spicy mustard 
is a go-to. Ooh, if you like spice, Zatarain's yeah. Creole mustard is spectacular. That sounds spectacular. Chick-fil-A sauce would be on my list, probably, of favorite condiments. Pat Costello. His favorite condiment dude. would be ketchup. But that's not what's interesting here. Rude. Okay. I, well, I mean, it's tr- it, it, it's true here that your favorite condiment, Pat, as I bring you into this conversation, is ketchup uh, because you're basic. But you're not basic enough to have ever eaten Taco Bell in your entire life, which is just bizarre because I never thought that I would meet anybody in America who has never at some point, at some point in your life, eaten Taco Bell. I, I, like, Hung over you, at some did point. Not, did you not Grande, ever? Right? Yes. Did you not ever have alcohol? What are we doing? That's not when, eating Taco Bell. Did that's when not? McDonald's comes into play. McDonald's when you're hungover over Taco Bell? Absolutely. So you, so you consume fast food. It's not a fast food thing. Why have you no. avoided Taco Bell your entire life? Well, and my parents, when I was growing up, never that was never a thing that we had. And then I went to college in New York, and New York has better food than Taco Bell, so I never ate it there. And then by the time I was out of college, Chipotle was really firing on all cylinders. So if I'm going to do Mexican I'm going to go to Chipotle, so no Taco Bell. I mean, Chipotle is a notch above Taco Bell in the rankings exactly. here. Yeah, which, is why I'm good, which is why I would just Taco do Bell's that. Taco Bell's cheap and convenient. That's why everybody has had Taco Bell. Yeah, nachos I mean, Belgrande. Chipotle I mean, is expensive that stuff and back in the day. Now, if I sniff it, I'll gain four pounds. But right. back in the day, absolutely. Oh, I'm dominating it. I mean, we've already talked about my uh, annoyingly healthy eating habits. Like, even this girl has had Taco Bell a million times. How do you feel about mayonnaise, man? We know you're a ketchup guy. How do you feel about mayonnaise? Horrible. Can't even smell it. Horrible. It's terrible. I mean, now if if we're talking like an aioli or like a chipotle mayo, I can do that because there's actual flavor and it doesn't smell awful. Um, But mayonnaise on its own is just, I don't know how people eat it. Club sandwich? Nope. Burger? Nope. BLT? Nope. Good call what? on the BLT, by Absolutely the way. Absolutely not. Oh, so good. A BLT. Triple Eight, say ESPN. Wow. You can always chime into the conversation here. Kevin is giving us a call from Texas. Hey, Kevin. Hey, guys. Nobody talks about this, but if Cholula hot sauce and mayonnaise had a one night stand, you get horseradish, and that is the <laughs> best thing ever. Horseradish is <laughs> excellent. I, horseradish, like on corned beef, right? I don't know if you ever did the corned beef and cabbage prime rib thing. And I grew horseradish. up with a very British mother, but yeah, prime rib and horseradish. That's another one. Horseradish is excellent. The problem with horseradish is that's a dicey game, right? Because you get a little too much. It's like wasabi. I love wasabi. A little too much though, and whoo, your head's clear on the schnauz out, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, if you, if you got a problem breathing, you're a little stopped up, a little hor- or get some spicy horseradish. Uh, you're good as you're right as rain in a hurry, and Pat, I do mean a hurry, a hurry, Pat. I think your I think your after show assignment is to go fire ex- fire up some Taco Bell. Uh, there is absolutely no chance that that's ever going to happen. At this point, I'm just now I'm, it's like a thing. Well, I, yeah, I just think I have a thing with is you. They wanted yeah. the conversation. Like A1 puts it, puts A one still to this day. Wow. He could have the, the best steak ever, and A1's going on that thing. It's not Guaranteed. that. It's not really part of that conversation. A1 what, on a what, cheeseburger? Now you're talking. Ian, what about Worcestershire sauce? Oh, yeah. That's a main ingredient in, in red beans and rice. Liam you, Barron's. You yep. know, how, you know then, how it got its name? The, do I want to know? Uh, a guy, uh, there was a man who was walking down the aisle, and he pointed to it, and he said, what's this here sauce? Oh, wow. uh, uh, dad uh, joke from my mom. Oh, that was a dad joke. My Good mom used Lord, to love the dad jokes. That was one of my mom's Macy recipes. That was one of my mother's favorite jokes. This stupid Worcestershire sauce joke. This is ESPN Radio.